Hey everyone, the It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com, and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. The secret in these times when we only have just a blink to catch someone's attention, grab them, communicate something important and say it clearly. And that's the only way that you're going to break through and not become a browser tab that no one goes back to. Mike Allen of Axios tells us not to waste your audience's time. Keep it brief and to the point. I'm Michael O'Connell. Welcome to It's All Journalism. Mike Allen is the former chief political reporter for Politico and the co-founder of Axios, where he authors the daily Axios AM and Axios PM newsletters. Along with Jim Vandehei and Roy Schwartz, Mike recently wrote the book Smart Brevity, The Power of Saying More with Less, which debuts this week. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Well, Mike, uh, thank you. We did the secret Mike handshake before we jumped on here. Yeah, the Club of Mikes. That's my other podcast, the Club of Mikes. The secret, the secret society of mics. So anyway, you know, you started out as a, I'm guessing you can start out as a political reporter for Politico. Tell me, how'd you get into journalism? How'd you end up becoming a, a political reporter? Well, thank you, Mike. And I had a very traditional upbringing in the profession. So my first job out of college, if you can believe it, was with an afternoon newspaper, the Fredericksburg Freelance Star, not so far from where you are in Virginia. And Then I worked for 10 years at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and then I covered the Arlington County, Virginia Board of Supervisors for the Washington Post. That's where I live now. Then became a political reporter for the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine. And it was in 2007 that I and Jim Vandehei, along with John Harris, started Politico. And Mike, the big idea behind Politico, all three of us were political reporters, was that there were all kinds of awesome digital tools that were barely being used. And so, believe it or not, in those days, part of the idea behind Politico was that there was too little political coverage. We wanted to do it with more speed, expertise, voice, edge. So there you have Politico. You're responsible for filling up this internet with all of your your political dross, your, your strum and drang, all this, this stuff that we're doing. I'm sure you're guilty of your small share of that. But, but, but our penance, Mike, our penance <laughs> is smart brevity from Axios. So five years ago, I, Roy Schwartz, Jim Van High, started Axios. And part of the big idea behind Axios was to deal with all those problems that you just very smartly listed. Okay. So, you know, 2007, that's that's pretty early in the arc of things. I guess by that point, WashingtonPost.com was up and sort of trying to publish a newspaper on the internet. In those early days, what were some of the things that sort of surprised you? You know, now we're in the digital space. Should we be doing the same sort of thing or do we need to adapt in some way? Most of your listeners won't be able to believe how primitive the early digital coverage was. So when I was a political reporter, for the Washington Post, we had something, they did something pioneering. It was called PM Extra. And at noon or 1 p.m., they would put up, I think, six news stories that hadn't been in the morning paper. Oh, my God. They held they held content and for then, the, and then they put website? Them on the website. And so when I was out on the campaign trail, I would I loved the extra real estate. And so don't tell my editor, Marilee Schwartz, but 
I would write my PMXer story before I got on the bus in the morning. So that's what I mean by we had these digital tools, we just didn't use them. And then we got to Politico, where Ben Smith, who was our Democratic blogger, to bring you a little uh, reminiscent terminology there, the Clinton campaign would have a conference call about their superdelegates. And Ben would write about it like half an hour later, which at that time, Mike, was revolutionary. Now, of course, people could listen themselves or it would be live blogged or live tweeted. But just covering things quickly then was considered very new and very revolutionary. So you see the problem that's coming. And that is, as it got easy to publish so much, everyone did. And that's when the listeners started to say, the viewers, the readers started to say, make it stop. Yeah. You know, many newspapers, you know, at the beginning, you'd be out covering that event and now you know, don't publish it yet. You know, we want to, we want to make sure it gets out in print first because that's where the advertising is not quite quickly a grasping that idea that, you know, Hey, maybe we should compete in getting this news out quicker because, you know, the TV news is going to see something online or they're going to have something on before it Let's take advantage of the, these sort of tools. Now, Axios is kind of a, a different kettle of fish. What was the thinking behind that? Axios came about in 2016. I and my two co-founders, Jim Vandahai, who's the CEO, Roy Schwartz, who's our third co-founder of Axios. We were traveling around the country, around the world, asking people like your listeners, people like, like you, like high demanding consumers of content, what their pain points were in their news diet. And Mike, it didn't matter if we were in academia or journalism or in business. We heard the same two things again and again. One was the fire hose, right? Just there's more awesome content than ever, but also more crap than ever, right? The second one was, and this was the light bulb moment. This is what became smart brevity which is the architecture of Axios and is now Smart Brevity, the book. And that is that people told us, people like yourself told us, if I put something aside to read later, I never do. There's just too much. We don't go back in time. So the browser tabs open, like our pocket fills up, the New Yorkers pile up, and we just don't go back. So Smart Brevity, which now through the book, is a tool available to everyone, like helps you break through that, helps you get to the top of that stack. And it's sort of reading a little bit about smart brevity and how sort of Axios came about and sort of came to these conclusions. A lot of this came from the data that you were seeing, you know, at Politico. What was it that, aside from what you just told me about what people were telling you, what was the data telling you about the stories themselves that you're writing, the, the typical political stuff that you were writing? Mike, that is what we call a big fat pitch. And thank you for reading Smart Bevity, the book, because you're teeing me up to give you a fascinating insight, a fascinating story that really shaped our thinking on this. And that was Jim Vandehei, who's our co-founder here at Axios. And I, at Politico, we did a column. He was the boss. I was a political reporter. And we wrote a column behind the curtain. And People loved Behind the Curtain, had great reporting, great writing, and was super buzzy. And we 
did a column about then President Obama that got super lot of picked up, was asked, asked about in the briefing room. But we had a cold awakening when we looked at the data, the metrics on that story. Because remember those days when the web stories were paginated and you had to click from one story to another? We saw the drop off from page one to page two. And we saw that almost nobody was getting into even the second third of our story, let alone the bottom third. And now you get data that's even more daunting. If you open up some of the leading websites in America, some of the great journalism in the world, those stories get 20 seconds apiece. So the takeaway from that is you have to grab me. You have to know what your big idea is and say it in those 20 seconds because I'm not going to hang around while you clear your throat or you try to figure out what you're trying to tell me or you put something fancy up top to hide what you've got. The secret in these times when we only have just a blink to catch someone's attention, grab them, communicate something important and say it clearly and that's the only way that you're going to break through and not become a browser tab that no one goes back to. So for many of us journalists who are trained in a time where we wrote lengthy stories yes. that had lots of story, yeah. lots of angles, lots of depth, yes, are going to cry about that. I mean, this isn't new, but it's surprising. I was at a conference probably two or three years ago. The audience was mostly academics, and they had one of the data people from the Washington Post there. And he just sort of offhandedly said, you know, well, how long do you think somebody spends on an average story on your website? And most of the people who held up their hands were like, well, I don't know, about a minute, five minutes. And then he was kind of like, well, no, actually more like, you know, 10 seconds or 20 seconds. And then yes, there, was, yes. there was this, this is visible, like shutter that went through the, uh, these journalism educators. Well, you know, how do I teach somebody to you know, grab somebody's attention in 20, 20 seconds. So Axios is born. What is a typical Axios story? What makes that different from what, you know, people were generally expecting to get as far as uh, news coverage? Axios' big idea and what the smart brevity architecture helps you do is hone in on your one big idea. Like our journalists, we tell them before you type, think. And the secret behind grabbing someone communicating with them, like getting your idea across, breaking through, is to know what your one thing is that you want to say. Because I think this will resonate with your listener, Mike, is that if you think about any Zoom, any podcast, to feel pardon the uh, analogy, any article, any industry meeting, any sermon, any piece of content, any piece of content if you come away with one idea, that's a win, right? Think of all the, the meetings that you and I have gone to where we don't have come away with one thing. If you come away with one thing, that's a win. But for all of us on this podcast who are trying to communicate, the flip side of that is that people will remember at most one thing. So the secret of smart brevity, our secret sauce that we've developed over 15 years of running media companies is not to try to defy gravity with the audience and not make them pick 
or not make them find what we've tried to hide from them, but instead know the one thing that you want them to remember, the one thing that you want them to act on, the one thing that you hope will change the world with them. Say it sharply, say it clearly, say it respectfully, and put it up top. And that's the revolution. Mike, you know this all the time that we we were taught to basically hide the goods, right? Like in newspapers, when I was at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, the longer the story was, the more likely it was to make the Metro front. If it was even longer, it might make the front page. If it was even longer, it might make the Sunday front page. If it was even longer than that, they might enter it in a prize. If it were super long, it might win the contest. So all the incentives were on the side of the, the journalist and the publisher more, more, more. Like so many websites like want your time on site when nobody has time. And so we have all these archaic forms that were designed to soak up our time, to take up our attention, to make us hunt for the news, where Smart Brevity says, do the work for the audience, the listener, the viewer, the reader. Do the work on the front end. Have the conversations, have the reporting, have the life experience to know what you want to say. Then just put it up top. That's the secret. Just so we have something to sort of to chew on here, what's the average length of a Axios story? So what we say at Axios is if it's long, it will be good. So we've had stories that are as long as 8,000 words. They were good if they warranted a narrative format. But the big idea of Smart Brevity is that, that most stories, most updates that your listeners are going to write most internal communications that they're going to have with their teams, most communications that they have with their customers, 99% of the time, efficient communication is better. The 99% of the time, you're going to want it to be short. You're not wanting to have a big glop or blog of text. So the Axios idea, like what if you designed a website that was for the consumer, for the reader, for the audience rather than for the publishing company. Axios started as, every story started as one iPhone screen. And then you can click to go deeper, you can get more context, but we're gonna give you that big idea right up front. And so we have items that are as short as a hundred words, and if they're worth it, they can be 10,000 words. But almost always, if you wanna have power in a Zoom, in a meeting, with a, a PowerPoint deck, with an email, with a memo. If you wanna have power, if you want to communicate your idea, you're gonna to wanna to do it sharply, clearly, and in a way that's gonna keep your audience's attention. And Mike, one secret for this, one sort of spoiler for from our book, Smart Brevity, is we urge our journalists, and I would urge your listeners, anything that comes out of your laptop, anything that comes out of your office, your org, I would read it out loud. When we read something out loud, we suddenly realize if we're using SAT words, we had a story the other day, luckily before it was on the website, one of our <laughs> journalists used the word aforementioned. I'm oh like, my God. come on. Like, we're not gonna use aforementioned in a bar, but if you read a piece of content out loud, you catch yourself on things like that. Okay, well, you said some really interesting things and I, and I just wanna, wanna sort of 
you know, examine this thought in the wild. You know, we're all covering whatever we're covering. We're covering local news. We're covering politics, the state house, whatever. And you sort of seem to be saying is, okay, you go to this meeting. This is the conclusion that comes out of the meeting. That should be the thing that's up front. That should be in your headline, in your lead, certainly, maybe in your subhead. But, you know, does that also mean that the reporter is also writing something that gives context? Or is it a matter of you're linking to other types of context, other types of stories to get, you know, deeper context? Yeah, Mike, that's a great point. And a big point that we make in our book, Smart Brevity, I call it Smart Brevity, the book. <laughs> you you're such a good salesman. <laughs> it, it's actually Smart Brevity, the power of saying more with less. A point that we make in there is short, not shallow. And that is that if you take the time to hone your idea, to do the reporting, to stress test it inside, to really think about what's the one thing that I want my audience to remember, whether it's somebody who is on my team, whether it's external stakeholder, like a company, a customer, whether it's someone that I'm just sending an update to. Like if I want them to remember it, I am going to state my point sharply, but then you don't have to sacrifice context or nuance for that. That if you've said your idea clearly, that it actually leaves you room for context and nuance. So we talk about zoom out. And in my newsletter, Axios AM, I have a emoji of a Hubble telescope. And then we'd say zoom in. And I have a, a magnifying glass or a microscope that I use for that. And it's a way of showing your reader, yes, I've looked into this in depth. Yes, I really understand this. I understand this enough to say it to you in a way that's confident, that's clear, a very fun expression along these lines. Nick Johnston, who's the publisher of Axios, when he was helping form our newsroom, he had a little piece of paper out of those. Uh, Mike, remember the old report? I have, in fact, I have one right here. Remember the old reporter's notebooks with the spiral at the top and the line? Okay, so we have. he has a little piece of paper from that. And on it, he wrote, brevity is confident length is fear. Brevity is confidence, length is fear. And this really works for you in a meeting that if you think about it, it's rarely the person running their mouth who is the most persuasive or who is in charge or who is going to be in charge. Like if you can make your point in a way that's persuasive and exciting and then stop, that gives you power. And that could be true whether you're asking for a raise, whether you're a salesperson asking for an order, whether you're giving a wedding toast. I defy you, Mike, and your listeners, if you think back to the, the wedding speeches that you've heard over, over the years, have you ever said to yourself, yeah, that guy was really great. I just wish he'd gone on longer, right? Never happened. Just better jokes, better placement of jokes, perhaps. So you, you're the you're the newsletter guy, the morning and the afternoon newsletter guy. Newsletters can sometimes be a challenge. I think they're difficult for people to, you know, understand how to best use them. I imagine part of what you're practicing there at Axios with uh, the AM and PM newsletters is brevity. But what makes a good newsletter? What is it besides like, you know, we need to deliver a good selection of stories briefly, you know, what is it that is going to make that a success? Yeah, Mike, I think of my newsletter as a breakfast conversation. So fun backstory. 
when we were at Politico, our first company in 2007, in the morning, I would write an email to my two bosses, Jim Bandai and John Harris. And the subject line said, how we're going to rock today. And in there, I said, you always start with, tell me something I don't know. I told him what, what I had learned. And then what did we miss? What did other people have? What did the New York Times or the Washington Post have that we should know? What am I going to do today? What did I do last night? And then maybe one tidbit at the end, a sort of happy hour talker item. That was a newsletter that I sent to two people, an email I sent to two people. And if you think about it, like that is the art today, 15, 16 years later of a great newsletter. Tell me something I don't know. Tell me what else is out there. Tell me what's on your mind. Give me like something fun for the road. And your listeners who read Axios AM, Axios PM, they'll recognize that DNA. And it's very much the way that back in the days when you and I could sit and have breakfast together at the Silver Diner, not far from where both of us live here in Northern Virginia, you would do the same thing. What have you got? Tell me something new. What are people buzzing about? Like, what's going on? Like, that's a great newsletter. I remember when I was in college, this is how old, this is how old I am. When I was in J school, when they were talking about, yeah, they have these computers. In the future, journalists are going to be writing for computers. And what they'll do is that they will send out the news in the morning. And then people would print out, the, because they couldn't get past the idea that you wouldn't have to have something like paper in your hand. They would print out a paper that would have all of the today's stories on it. <laughs> and, you know, sans paper, I think we're, we're sort of talking about the same sort of thing. I like this approach for a number of reasons. I like the fact that you're targeting in, and in on, you know, what are the key points that are necessary for people so that they can get on with the rest of their day? I like the sort of audience forward thinking of it that you're there to solve their problem. Their problem is, you know, they want to have an understanding of the news that through this fire hose and you're sort of doing some of that work for them. But I also like the idea that you got a mix here that's not just news news, but it's also, you know, something fun, something else for them to think about and giving them the option to go deep if they decide to. I think that's a that's a really good approach. I mean, as somebody who's been in the digital space since 2007, what has been some of the most surprising things for you? It doesn't necessarily have to be about, you know, Axios or, or Politico. I mean, what is it that sort of surprises you about where we're at in this process? An exciting recent discovery by us has been how much appetite there is for quality local news. So Axios Local, which is now in 24 cities around the country, we have six more, including, Mike, you'll be happy to know, Axios Indianapolis is on the stove. We're hiring now for Axios Indianapolis in your hometown. But we've discovered that the smart brevity format brought to local markets with journalists on the ground all of our Axios local colleagues are from that area. So we're not hiring people in Brooklyn and sending them to Columbus or Des Moines. Like everyone who works for Axios local is literally writing for their neighbors. And we do it all in the smart brevity format. So just very much like my Axios AM or Axios PM newsletter in Axios Dallas, Axios Austin, Axios Denver, Axios Seattle. Axios Columbus, all of those have a morning newsletter in the same format and people eat it up. We've discovered right away in these communities that if you can tell me about my mayor, my school board, my bagel shop, my NFL team, 
that people really appreciate that kind of coverage that's efficient, trustworthy. We like to think of ourselves as your smart friend in your pocket. And Axios Des Moines even had the scoop on something that was very popular there was Fruit Loops Pizza. And so we recognize that we're human beings writing for other human beings, our neighbors. And yes, we care about the mayor, but we also care about Fruit Loops Pizza. Well, I'm sure that's a very clickable story in Des Moines and many other many other areas. That was actually, it was in Axios AM and it was popular there too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ticket. Well, yeah, you could solve my problem, which is why people, I work for Patch, why people in, in Herndon are saying, why am I seeing all these stories about, for example, Fruit Loops in, in Des Moines and my Herndon feed, to which I say to them, if it's an interesting story, it might be something you want to share with somebody. Anywho, I've been talking to Mike Allen, one of the co-founders of Politico and Axios, about the no, new book he's written with, or co-written, I guess I should say, with Roy Schwartz and Jim Vandehei. And it's called Smart Brevity, the book. It's very easy to get at smartbrevity.com. I know that that will shock you, smartbrevity.com. It's a great gift for any rising star in your life. The big idea behind it, Mike, is that whether you're an intern or whether you're a mogul, that instructions step-by-step how to communicate in a trustworthy, efficient way will give you more power and let you be heard. So Smart Brevity at smartbrevity.com will let you be heard. And Mike, thank you for being a pioneer yourself. Thank you for the conversation. And I will see you in Axios Indy. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.